G'day and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, welcome to the Aussie Pastor Drive Time Show, Hunty, welcome. G'day mate, bye listeners. And glad to have our listeners on board, big welcome to you guys, we're always glad to have you on board. And you know what, I am still excited. What's that about? It's not a fake excitement either. Yeah. You know, sometimes you hear people say, I'm excited. You know, they're actually not. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I trust you. What are you excited about? I am really excited about the fact that Faith FM is in Sydney. Oh, yeah, me too. I really, really like it big time. Yes. I was down at Camden Valley. Yep. Which is way, way south of where we are here. Yes. And there's people down there listening to us. Yep. So if you're in Camden Valley, big g'day to you. If you're in Sydney... Well, big, big, huge, yep. huge welcome. We, we love having in the rest of Australia on, but yeah, the we do. Sydney people are brand new, and it is fabulous to have you on the program, Hunty. I like to say good day to Dave in WA. Oh, okay. How are you, mate? He's the mate of yours. Yeah, he? he said he'd be listening today. Actually, we're going to WA soon. Yeah, we are. We're going to drive to WA. I have no idea how we're going to afford the fuel. I was fuel. going to say, can we afford the fuel? I don't know. I was thinking about buying a light plane. I think it might be cheaper. Oh, you've got to fuel that too, don't That's you? That's true. Um, yeah, no, we're going there. West Australia. We'll be there on, in Bunbury, actually, on the last Saturday. Of? July. Okay. Nice. I, I think, though, to get there, we'll probably have to l- leave mid-July. So, well, truly. Well, whose car are we going in? Mine. Oh, we should probably start leaving now. <laughs> I've got a little 2001 or two. Yep. I'm not sure yep. which one it is. Yep. Mazda 323. Yep. It's done 300,000 Ks. At least. It's about, no, it, oh. it, I've just clocked over 300,000 It looks day. worse than that. Well, honey, <laughs> I'll give it a polish before we go. Okay. And we're going to do, I reckon, 12,000 Ks. We're going to do the Aussie Pastor Radio Show on the road. We will. We're going to shoot some television programs. Yes. And we're going to do some preaching at Bunbury on the weekend of the last weekend of July. It's a, I think it's a regional. Nice. So I'm looking forward to that, and Hunty's coming with yeah, me. Yeah, we'll let you know some more details closer to the event. Yeah, yeah. Um, Love to see you at WA, friends. Yeah. Hey, Aussie Pastor. Yes. Live. Live. No, not we are live. live. Not, not that. Aussie Pastor. What is it? Ask Aussie Pastor. Ask the Aussie Pastor. You can tell we're live. Yeah, we've got plenty and of we're questions pretty, today, we're, but... We're pretty unscripted too, aren't we? I don't have a script ever, do you? <laughs> no. i got a rudger that tells me what songs I should play. Yeah. Um, okay, so if you'd like to send some questions to Ask the Aussie Pastor, and we'd love to hear from you, you can send them to us one of two ways. You can text them to us on 0488 880 or you can email them to us, info at aussiepastor.com. Will I get asked today? Of course. Anything comes in between now and, say, 20 past four, we will ask today. Quick, quick update. Yes. How are you feeling after COVID? I'm getting better, but very slowly. Yeah, me too. I'm still coughing. Yep. yep. My lungs don't hurt. Man, I've had some battles with my lungs. Yes. It's a bit of a worry, actually. Yeah, I, I was just sucking up some asthma ventilin before we started. I don't think that'd be COVID for you, though. You're a real asthmatic, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, but only since I've had COVID is it. Reignited. Normally yeah, I'm quite okay. stable. All right. Mm. Well, it's June 28, 2022. It is. It is 3 36. Is it 3.36? On my clock it is. Yeah, your clock is right. <laughs> you want to know what happened today in history? I'd love to. I actually like this I do. segment. This one I bet you can't answer. I bet. <laughs> okay. And it's to do, it's in your area. Oh, so. dear. In 1534. On June 28 today, yep. French mariner Jacques Cartier yep. discovered Prince Edward Island off the coast of what is now Canada, 1534. Why is that important to history? I have no idea. But it's to do with media. Really? Oh. Huh. 
That's where Anne of Green Gables in 1985 was filmed. Ah. And for me, man, I don't even know whether I should admit this on national radio. I was, am, still am, a great fan of Anne of Green Gables, the whole series. Okay. Fantastic, fabulous, so much so that one day I don't have a big bucket list, but one of them is I want to go to Prince Edward Island, which is just off the coast of Canada, where this, do you know what I'm even talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but completely. You don't know what Anne of Green Gables never is? Never seen it, never watched it, never read it. Oh man, we need to educate you. Uh-oh. You need to be sent home to read that book, the, the series. You really do. It's famous, man. Okay. You don't know Anne of Green Gables? No. Never heard of it? Never heard. Well, I've heard the word. June 28, 1880, Ned Kelly was finally arrested. Yes. For murdering some policemen. He was executed on the 11th of November, 10 a.m. in Melbourne Jail. But he was arrested on this day way back in 1880. Wow. 1838, Queen Victoria was crowned on this day. Now, if you don't know who she is, Mm -hmm. auntie, do you? Yes. Great, great Grandmother of Queen Elizabeth, Elizabeth II. Yes. yes. Very famous queen, actually. Long, long serving queen. What about this one? 1914 on June 28, Archduke Fer- Franz Ferdinand, heir to the Austro Hungarian throne, and his consort Sophie were assassinated in Sarajevo by a guy by the name of Gavrilo Princip. Bosnia, he's from Bosnia. Do you, do you know what that? No? I do not. That was the beginning of World War I. <laughs> wow. That caused World War I. Quite amazing, really, to look at the uh, history behind that. Mm. Uh, what about this one? Um, in 1990, when did I say that was? Did I say 1919 or 1914? Well, that was 1914 yep. that that happened. The World War One breaks out. Yep. Sorry if I got that wrong. 1919 was the Treaty of Versailles. Versailles. Yep. You know what that is? Oh, hunty. You can tell I'm into history and hunty's not. <laughs> <laughs> I studied all this stuff at uni, actually. It's cool. fabulous. Um, the Treaty of Versailles is what ended World War One. Versailles, yep. which it ended World War One. But here's the deal. It was signed, the German surrender was signed in a railway carriage in France. They made it a memorial, the French did. It's an amazing story how 22 years later in 1941, Hitler comes to France with German troops. So you get what happened? In World War One. the Germans are surrendering to the French. Yep. Then Hitler comes to power, invades France. 22 years later, in that very railway carriage, humiliating the French, Hitler got them to sign the French to sign their surrender. Then he pulverised the railway carriage. Interesting stuff. And, And this is the last one, 1969. We'll go no further than that. What about this one? A series of violent confrontations between police and gay right activists began outside the Stonewall Inn. Know about that? Nope. The Stonewall Riots. Nope. It was the beginning of the modern gay movement that we know today. So interesting times. Last week wasn't a big day. This week, June 28, a huge day in history. And today, Hunty, you're mm-hmm. going to give us a cross-cross like you did last week. We were running out of time and you said, you, you did a nice little cross Well, I was actually week. thinking it was a pretty big week last week. Not really in Well, history. the Blues showed their mighty power. Ah. In we, fact. We have to go to. The Blues showed their mighty power over in WA as they wrestled with the Broncos. This is the Wiggles. My favourite song. You ready? <laughs> so on Sunday, in front of a full stadium, the mighty Blues gave the Maroons, the Broncos, they gave 
the Queensland footy team are hiding 44 points. There you go. Uh, what was the score, by the way? Yeah, 44, 44 points, uh, to almost nothing. You don't even know the score. Oh, 16, I don't you're, know. You're so much into rugby league. You know why it is such a beautiful thing for us Queenslanders to continue to beat you guys in the series? Yeah, we lose a few matches here and there, but you know what? You we, got, you know what you we, got you, smoked. You know why we enjoy it so much? You just gave our listeners an example. <laughs> You can I, look. I didn't even watch. Your, your it. score was so pathetic; I, it didn't I, even didn't I, even lock into my head. I didn't even watch it. Forty-four glorious points. Win or lose, I'm glad to be. A it was a cricket lander. score. Yeah. Okay. You you enjoy it, my friend. You enjoy it. <laughs> All right. Now I get. But, but it, it, was, it was a big day, June twenty-eight, and uh, um, I, I I I think I'm enjoying this little segment where yes. we talk about history. Yes. Maybe I should send you the history documents with a little bit of a rundown. So, <laughs> look, I want to get onto our guests he, today. He, here's the deal: <laughs> if we were talking about jeeps or mechanics or any of those things, you'd smoke me, mate. So, <laughs> uh, we only have one guest today. We got two. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We got we got our mate. We got our mate Glenn, who's actually. The, the head the head of the head office in this part of the world, Glen Town End. And we've got our mate Wayne Bowen. Mm. Yeah. He's coming for us, the Aussie pastor. That's right. Hope there's some hard questions for him. All righty. Let's get so, this. So, so, so welcome. Yes. And before we start, let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we want to ask you to be with us today as we get into this program. Uh, it's a big day. We've got some important things to talk about. And I just pray, Jesus, that our listeners will get a little glimpse of how beautiful and how wonderful you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor, here on Faith FM. Hey, but before you move on, you were asking me what the score was. Well, one of our faithful listeners just texted it to me, 48 to 12. Yeah, well, you didn't know it. <laughs> we need. We need. Who was the listener I, that texted? I stopped counting at thirty or forty. Your, I, I reckon that faithful listener was your wife. <laughs> huh? Come, come, come clean. Was it? Look, I cannot tell a lie. It was your wife. <laughs> it was his wife, and he defines and describes her as a faithful wi- wi- listener. One of the most faithful oh, listeners we have. My goodness. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, before Jesus died, the day before he died, he gives a message to his disciples. And you know what it is? What? It's love, love, love. I like that. It was love God, love others. And if you look at the life of Jesus, the one thing that defines him above all else is his ability to love. And we live in a world, Hunty, where where, where so many are struggling to love. You look at what's going on in Ukraine and and Russia, there's a lot of blood and not much love. Um, You have a look at what's going on in families today, even here in Australia, there's not a whole lot of love sometimes. And yet when you follow Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and you get born again, one of the things that happens to you, and you've experienced it, and I've experienced it, is Jesus works this miracle in your life and you learn to love. And True. I'm listening to a True. sermon on Faith FM. Hey, I've started listening to Faith FM. Yep, me too. Now it's in Sydney. Whenever I'm I've driving got, around in my car now, I've got Faith FM yeah, on. Yeah, on 88.0. Yep. And I'm listening to a sermon by Dwight Nelson the other day and... Just trying to remember when it was. Anyway, 
It was oh, it was when I was going to pick my, my my wife's back from Indonesia. By the way, she'd been away for four weeks. Yep, went to pick her up at the airport, and I'm listening to this sermon on 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 love from Dwight Nelson. He was making the point that on the last day of his life, the one message Jesus gave, he's about to die. You'd think if you only knew you had a day of life left, you'd be telling people stuff that really matters to you. And the one message that he preached and that he taught and then he advanced the day before he died was love, love, love. And this song from Kenny Rogers, yep. I've got to it eventually. Yes. Love Lifted Me, it's one of my favourites. Writing myself a simple song Get the whole world to sing along I'll call it a love song for you And who knows I'm liable to take a song from the Bible And then when I'm through I'll just sing Me. When 
That's a ripper of a song. I've been singing that song all my life. Really? Yeah, we sing yeah. it at church. Uh, I've seen it in the car. It's actually one of my... You know, I, I can usually listen to music and kill it. I'm a bit of a killer of music. It's a song <laughs> I like. Listen to it over and over same, until I've killed same, it. Same, love it. But that song I can't kill. It's just a beautiful song. Uh, and it's got a beautiful message about love. And, and Jesus is the author of love. Mm. And I'll tell you what, if you're struggling to love someone... You know there is a secret to this, hunty. And I learned this. If you're struggling to love someone, if you've got an enemy, if you've been through a divorce, could be your wife or your husband that you hate... It could be a business partner who's let you down. It could be someone who's abused you when you were a child. If you are struggling to love them, because Jesus said love one another, even those who have hurt you, love them. You, yep. know, how to, you know how to do it? Yeah, there you, is pray, a you pray for them. That's it. That's the secret. That's the secret. You pray for those yep. you're struggling to love, and God works a miracle in your life. Yep. It is a beautiful thing. Hey, news, hunty. Okay, let's do it. Big news story. This first one. The results of the Australian census, did you fill it out? Yes. Came out. Really? Yeah, just yesterday. Did you have a look at some of the things that the census said about Australia? Yeah, I did. I did. Did you know that there are 300,000 unoccupied houses in New South Wales? What, holiday homes? Didn't say. It just said said unoccupied. Yeah. That's a lot of houses. I know a bit of history about that too, which is sad. Yeah. As, as wealthy people from overseas have come and bought in Australia because property just goes so fast it's better than putting money in the bank. I don't know, to tell you the truth. I just know that 300,000 empty houses... Well, if you bought a house in, in Sydney 18 months ago, it went up 50%. I think that... I'm hoping that'll settle a little, actually. Yes. For, it, for everybody. It is settling now, yeah. yeah. Did you know that two-thirds of Aussies own a home or are paying it off on mortgage? Wow. And one-third rent? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. We, we're still a we're still a people who are into our own houses if we can't afford it. Yep. There are now twenty five million four hundred and twenty two seven hundred ninety eight people in Australia. Mm. It's getting bigger yep. and bigger. Yeah. No, I remember when I was a kid. <laughs> I think seven million is what our total from, was from the time we've been born to now. It's more than doubled. Yeah. Which is pretty incredible, really. Yep. From 2017 to 2020, which was the time period of this particular census, you know how many people moved to Australia? How many? Have a guess. A uh, couple of hundred thousand? One million. <gasps> wow. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. So one in 25 people have come here in the last four or five years. We are a, we are a country of immigrants. Yes, we are. It, it's incredible. Actually, I see that in our church. Very multicultural. When I go to our church, I think Hunty and I would be just about the including my own family. I'm married to an Indonesian girl, two Chinese boys. Um, as sons, I, I, I think we would be two of the few European um, background people in our, in our church. <laughs> yep. Everybody's from everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere South yeah. Africans and Indians. And Brazil and... Argentinians and Chileans yep. and uh, New Zealanders. Yep. Uh, we, uh. Don't, we don't mind the Kiwis. <laughs> as long as they don't talk about the All Blacks, I'm happy. <laughs> um, there are just as many millennials as there are boomers. I thought you'd be happy about that. 5.4 million millennials. Got to love the millennials. <laughs> My kids are millennials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, 21.5% of the population have migrated here. Yeah, I know, right? That's one, one in five. 
and I see that in my own community. I live in a community. I actually live in a community that has a lot of Indians in it. Beautiful people, by the way. Yep, hardworking, really, really smart. good neighbours. But yep. everywhere I look, there are immigrants that have come from India. Yep, in in our community, which is in Riverston, Schofields. Um, and as I say, beautiful people. This one made me sad. Only forty percent identify as Christian. Oh, and that's gone down really big because in two thousand eleven it was sixty percent. So 20% have, in one way or another, either died or left Christianity. And I don't think they've died. That, Can I ask that you a dumb many. question? A lot of the Indians are coming across as Sikhs, right? Are Sikhs considered uh, Christian? No, no. No, um, no, no they're, they're another religion. Okay. Um, maybe the huge immigration yeah. that we're experiencing. People are bringing I, I, their I, own I, cultures I, and religions. Yeah, them. I never thought of that. Maybe, maybe so. But, but it's still a, a big drop, isn't it? Um, well, if we had a million people join us in the last true five years, um, that'll water us down a bit. <laughs> so, twenty-one and a half percent of the population are migrants, but twenty-five percent of the population is born overseas. So, it's one in every four person people you look at walking down the street are born overseas. Wow! And listen, to this one—I don't know whether you're in this group. Five point five million speak another language other than English. <laughs> That's my wife. I speak a few languages very poorly. My son speaks English fluently. Yep. He speaks... Chinese. Indonesian. Yep. And Chinese. Yeah, well done. What do you speak? If you say you speak a language, I'm going yeah. to make you do it here on radio. Um, well, if I, live, if I go to a French country after a few weeks, I can speak French. Give me some French. Uh, Mademoiselle. Nespa. If I go to Papua New Guinea... Is I that speak, it? Is, I is can... that... Hey, 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 hey. Is that it? Is that your French? I promise you, I've worked in French-speaking countries for months. I get a, I get fine. I get fine. But I want to hear some French. And and Papua New Guinea, I can speak pidgin English. Speak some pidgin. Uh, tassel. What did you say? <laughs> That's the end of it. That's all I'm speaking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some real big questions here in this studio about Hunty's ability with foreign languages. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I thought that was interesting, that sense. Very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and you know what it said to me, above everything else, there's a lot of people out there yet in Australia to hear about Jesus. So we've got a lot of work to do. Yeah, we do. Because our job is to tell people about Jesus and yeah. how, how wonderful he is. Um, <laughs> I don't know whether I should have put this one in for you, Hunty. Protesters cause chaos in Sydney. Oh, the, these protesters oh. are actually protesting the environment. I support their fight, but not the way they're doing it. Oh, you've got some sympathy and empathy for their... 100%. Let's fix our environmental problems. But what they're doing is is absolutely unconscionable. It's it's terrible. I, I was talking to a lady yesterday who got up early, put her kids in daycare, battled herself right across town, got stuck behind that, that car that they parked across the tunnel. She's a nurse. That lady who parked across the tunnel, by the way, yeah, she got put in jail last Did night. Did she? She's only let go this morning. Well, this lie. lady, this lady and lives out at Wilberforce near where I live. Wait, wait, she's not allowed this lady to come back to Sydney. Yeah, wow. Until the court case, and she could go to jail or have a fine. I think they said up to twenty two thousand dollars. Go on. Well, this, this lady that I met at Wilberforce, she didn't get to the hospital she was uh, agency working at, and so she rang to say she was stuck in traffic. They said, "Too bad, we already replaced you." So she had to drive home. She already paid for daycare. So did she, she didn't earn anything and she paid for daycare. I've often thought about the environment and the struggles the world's environmentally going through at the moment. I, 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 I'm, I'm not a greenie, but I do love the planet. Same. And I think, see, I have the hope 
that soon Jesus will come back. Mm. The Bible says it. I believe it. And I think having that hope inoculates you against the raw fear that, understandably, these protesters have. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So the yeah. world matters. Looking after it matters. It I, I get their fear. I get their anxiety. But also get the frustration of you and your friends, too, who are trying to get around, who are busy. Look, there and- are so many things we can do that it would benefit the environment that don't take much of an act of parliament or from an act of the will of the people, which we could do. And I support these protesters. We should be doing our best. Just not blocking the road. If you want to get media attention, do it a different way. Oh, I'll tell you what. If you block the road and Hunty's on it and he's on his way, watch out. I'm going to get the winch out. I'm going to get the winch out. I'm going to move you. You've, you've, you've got a bull bar on the front of your car too. Yeah, I'm big... going to call it a blockade removal bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this last one, I do have good news today. Outraged women gather in Perth to protest Roe versus Wade. It was interesting for me to see in the United States of America the Supreme Court um, basically turn back to 1973 and do away with the Roe versus Wade mm. decision on abortion. Mm. Basically what they did, though, do you know what's happened here? A lot no, of people, I don't really okay, understand. There's, there's a lot of stuff out there that's not true. They're saying the US Supreme Court has banned abortion. That's not true. What they've done is they've taken it back and given it to the states, which they say constitutionally is a state matter. Now, I'm, I'm not into American law, so I don't know. Yep. But that's what they've done. So they haven't banned abortion. They've actually sent it back to the states. Does that make well, sense? Well, I noticed that a bunch of states immediately, their powers returned back to them, started saying, right, no more in our state. 13, I think it was, mm-hmm. that have already... Uh, um, Already banned abortion back. at yep. some level or another, and they say that out of the fifty states, about twenty six will get there sooner or later. Or later, yep. Yeah, I, I look. I, I'm a, I, I, I'm a, I'm a supporter of life before birth. I, I I've always believed that God, as as the Book of Psalms says in the Bible, that God forms us. In the womb, that he actually creates us. We are his creation. And so, so life is, is very, very sacred and we need to be very careful. But I also understand the dilemma and the crisis some people face, Auntie. Of course. And I, again, I go to that second coming of Jesus and the hope I have that when Jesus comes, you know, if, if you've been through a, as a parent, whether you're a dad or a mum, an abortion, and you've felt the pain and some feel the guilt of it, you can go to Jesus and you can give that to Jesus, and only Jesus can do this, at the resurrection, yep, he'll give you back your child. Yep. yep. And you'll be able to bring that little boy or little girl up in a world with Jesus where there is no pain and there is, so, there is no death. And so, so I'm very empathetic and sympathetic, Hunty, with people who go through this sort of crisis mm, in their lives. But I am a, I am a supporter of unborn children. Yep. I really am. But I understand what's happening in the United States is not a, a prohibition on abortion across America either. It's just putting it back into the hands of the of the state. Very interesting. Hey, Hunty, mm. I have one good news story. What's that? If you can, th- th- this is from Good oh, yes. This is Good News Network. I put this here because I wanted. To, I actually tried it. Did you try yeah. it? If you can stand on one leg, this is what doctors have said. Medical science is saying now. If you can stand on one leg with your hands in the air over your head, in a you know clasping over uh-huh, your head. Uh-huh. 
If you can do that on one leg for more than 10 seconds, you're probably not going to die in the real near future. But okay. if you can't, if you can't stand on one leg for 10 seconds with your hands over your head, clasped over your head high, yep. if you can't do that, you're, you're probably done. headed for an early sleep. <laughs> oh, dear. So I don't know whether that's good news or bad news. So you know what I did? Yep. I tried it. What's well, good news for you if you made 10 seconds? Easy. Easy. It, it was a bit harder on the leg where I had the knee replacement, yep. but the balance is still there. Apparently, if you haven't got good balance, it's a sign that you might need to look at your health. Wow. Uh, I, though, you know, to be fair, Hunty, with this COVID, I, I really have had to relook at things in my life and make mm. some more changes, my friend. Mm. So that's, in, that's the news today. Um, I don't know whether you call it good or bad news. I, I think it's mostly bad news. Um, the census is not too bad, but the protests, the fear of the of, of people, um, you know, where the world's headed environmentally. When you look at um, the anger out there, the sheer anger of people over this abortion issue on both sides, it makes you realise that this world is suffering. It is struggling. We don't always have the answers, but soon Jesus will come, and we need to keep looking mm-hmm. up, Auntie, mm-hmm. to the what direction? To the east. Because that's where our Lord will return from. Yep. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Hey, Hunter, you want to say any more about Aussie Pastor? Oh, yes, yes. There's still time for some questions. If you would like to send your questions in to the Ask the Aussie Pastor segment, there's still time. You can do it one of two ways. You can text us on 0488 880851 or you can email them to us and the email address is info at aussiepasta.com. I'm looking forward to ask the Aussie Pastor Hunty because Wayne will be here. Yes, I can he will. always defer to him, my friend. <laughs> uh, this next song from Jeff and Sherry Easton, these guys are uh, pretty famous um, gospel singers in America. I like it because it's talking about over and over the blessings of God. And when things are bad, we need to remember that. Gotcha. <laughs> I stood on the bank of a wide raging river, trusting that I'd get across. And I've made my way through some valleys and deserts, believing I'd never get lost. I stood at the foot of what felt like Mount Everest Knowing I'd have the strength for the climb It's through every trial, each test and temptation There's one thing, it's sure every time Over and over again Hesitation, 
God does what He says He will do. Well, I'd simply say every battle has taught me there's nothing He won't help me through. So why should I dwell on the hardships and struggles when I look just beyond them I see? will end is with great celebration and deep in my heart I believe over and over again and again God is faithful over and over again and again through it all He's made me Glenn Town into the program today. Glenn is the leader of the church in the South Pacific. Welcome, mate. Yeah, thanks. Uh, appreciate it. We wanted to ask you a few questions about the Adventist Church, maybe just to give some people out there. Did you know that we've actually got a whole uh, lot of brand new listers here in Sydney right down through that Western Corridor? Fantastic, Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, it is. We we bought a um, the church, the local church, the, the Sydney church bought um, Faith FM. What was it? Eighty eight point yeah, eighty eight point zero. A bunch of transmitters in the northwestern area. Well, we go right down to the south, yeah, doesn't it? Camden and up through to Wilberforce. Yeah. Uh, oh wow, Windsor. That's it's, it's it's on the northwestern side of Sydney, but it's um it's certainly some great coverage. Yeah, yeah. So I know we've had you on before, but because we've got these new listeners, I, I just might um, ask a few questions so we can find out who you are and what you do. You lead sure. the Seventh-day Adventist Church in the South Pacific. Can you remind us what nations fall under your particular leadership? Okay, well, we're, we're based here in Sydney, Australia, um, but uh, most of our members are in Papua New Guinea. 
nearly 400,000. Wow. Um, and then there's uh, Solomon Islands, Vanuatu, Fiji, uh, Tonga, Samoa, American Samoa, uh, New Caledonia, Tahiti, uh, Tokelau, Nauru, Tuvalu, Kiribati. He's doing okay, Hunty. Um, He's and doing New good. Ze- and New Zealand. I, I was, I was actually just waiting to see whether you left New Zealand. Out. <laughs> no, look, I got Kiwi heritage, so uh, I can't leave the the land of the long white cloud. Out. <laughs> you, you weren't born in New Zealand. No, I wasn't. So you're a, you're a Wallaby Australian. Yeah, my my dad's a Kiwi though. Yeah, so okay. no, I do support the Wallabies. Oh, yeah, we're glad to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's talk about. So, so you have got a fairly big area, actually, that you've got to look yeah, after. Yeah, a lot of lot of salt water, but a lot of diverse um, cultures because the the largest culture for the church is Melanesian, um, and then there's there's Polynesian, and the smallest is Micronesian. But then you know there's Aboriginal, Maori, and also you know more of us more recent um, immigrants to to the area. So it's it's very diverse. Does does that mean there's great challenges out there, or is it? Yeah, look, without some cross cultural understanding, yes, there there would be. And thankfully, I mean, I grew up in Papua New Guinea. I've yeah. worked in Fiji. Um, as I said, I've got New Zealand heritage. Um, so I I am a person of the Pacific, and um, I make sure that as a team we have people from the different um, cultures mm. and that we spend time understanding and, and talking with each other about how we see things from a cultural perspective. Mm. Um, and amazingly, we are quite united. Yeah, yeah. Actually, correct me, but there's a couple of prime ministers who are Adventists that, that around the correct. Pacific too, isn't there? Yeah, so Manasseh Songavari um, in the Solomon Islands and James Marapi in uh, Papua New Guinea. As a leader of the church uh, in the South Pacific, do you get to know those guys or is it... Yes, okay. sure. Yep. I, I've uh, worshipped with uh, both of them on, on more than one occasion. How many members in the Adventist church in the Pacific? Uh, so we've got um, just over 500,000. Is that uh, in the context of the church, the world church, is that big, small or where are we? No, look, we're we're really quite small. Yeah. Um, some some of the divisions because the church is divided up in thirteen areas or divisions around the world. Yep. And uh, we're certainly not the smallest, but we're nowhere near the biggest. I mean, there are some areas that have got three and a half million um, people who are Seventh Day Adventists, but they have bigger populations as yeah, well. Right. As a church, we probably have the best ratio of um, Seventh Day Adventists to the average population. Mm. So, in our part of the world, it's one in one in eighty four. Still, and in, part, and in parts like Papua, some parts of uh, Solomon Islands, it's one in one. <laughs> yeah, um, it's incredible. And the whole country is one in ten. Yeah. So um, in Australia, it's about one in every four hundred and fifty. Whereas you know, you you go to parts of Asia and the Middle East, it's one for every ten thousand people. We're so, not doing too bad then. Even yeah. even in Australia, which is a secular country, it could be worse. Uh, that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, how many churches and how many pastors have you got in the Pacific? 
Do you know? Okay, do you so, know that offhand? Or uh, look, uh, churches and and uh, and pastors know. I mean, I know the vicinity, um, and the, and the reason for for that is particularly uh, with with churches. Every three and a half hours, a new church um, around the world is actually established, and um, certainly. Uh, that's happening in our part of the world as well. Not as rapid, of course. Mm-hmm. We we part of that that world, but there are lots of new groups um, starting all the time. But we've got about six thousand churches. Um, but of other groups and new new churches starting out, there would be at least another thousand. Yeah. Actually, I say to people on this radio program, if you want to go to an Adventist church, just Google Seventh Day Adventist. Even here in Australia, you're going to find a church not far away. That's true. Mm. Yep. Uh, pastors? How many pastors? Yeah. Look, um, that's a, that's a good question. It's it's about two and a half thousand. Um, but in in some parts, like in Papua New Guinea, we have a lot of what are called lay pastors. Yeah. So, um, so we have you know those that are trained at university, and then those who are trained at um, you know, more basic, not even TAFE, TAFE level. Yeah. And so um, they are more village pastors. They're very effective, though, aren't they? These, they yeah. are. They are because they they know the local language, they know the local culture, um, they're very grassroots, basic people, and, you know, they've had some some kind of training um, mm-hmm. in, in the Bible and in how to operate. So, um, yeah, they are very, very effective. They'd be getting ongoing training too, I suppose, as they the Mm -hmm. longer they stay. Hey, um, I'm just, I'm actually interested. Um, You and I actually are not far apart in age. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you might have started, when did you finish college? I graduated in 1985. The year you graduated, I turned up, but I did turn up four years late because I went and did a did a trade. So um, you've been out 37, 36, 30. That's a long time, 36, 37 years. Of all the pastors that you um, uh, lead and work with, what percentage do you reckon you know? Because you have been around a long time in this church, in this in yeah, the Pacific. I mean, the, the last couple of years I've... Um, been locked down like everybody else and unable to yeah, travel and yeah. and that's kind of really restricted it but uh, yeah look I I would know um, uh, at least a third of the pastors in, in the division I would think Amazing. Um, I won't ask you how many members you know because <laughs> you wouldn't know how to answer that one um, let, let me tell you that when I speak to, to groups of ten um, 15,000 people, they all know me. Yeah, I, have, I have no idea of them. And, you know, you meet, you go downtown or you go to an airport or you go somewhere and they say, uh, you know, hello, pastor, and you go, oh, wow, you must have been one of the thousands who were at whatever meeting I was was um, at. And, and that's always nice. Yeah, you get good at being friendly with people who know you really well and you don't have a clue who they are. I could imagine that. Hey, what what... Um, what do you do? Now, you're the leader of the church. Uh, just briefly, so our listeners get an idea, what does the leader of the Adventist Church in the Pacific do? 
Yeah, look, largely we 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 oversee um, the four regions, so Australia's one, New Zealand and French territories are another, um, Papua New Guinea's another area, and then also the Trans-Pacific where there's a, 11 different um, countries. So we support the leadership there. Um, we help provide funding um, as well um, in in those areas, and it's about leadership development, lead, leadership support, um, and working together on the big projects together. So you yeah. sit in a lot of meetings. Is that is that problem? I, I do, and and look, there's some of the big projects that we we focus on, or big areas that we've been focusing on, is you know how how do we make transform people's lives so they don't just change their belief but they change their lifestyle and they actually become disciples and followers of Jesus. Not just belief change but lifestyle change. So we've got a big theme on that and everybody's agreed on that. Getting media out, um, whether that be radio like Faith FM or um, Hope Channel, uh, like in New Zealand and in, in much of the Pacific, um, and then social media, so making media a priority. Yeah, um, Health is also a priority with uh, type 2 diabetes, lifestyle diseases in the Pacific, really big challenges, but the church has got programs that are, are making some big, significant uh, lifestyle change to, to people there. Um and we're trying to do that within Australia as well, even within the Sydney Adventist Hospital. Um, Your wife's tied up in that pretty heavily. Yeah, 10,000 Toes is the program, which is about saving 10,000 Toes because type 2 diabetes deals stops circulation in the body and you every 20 minutes somebody in the Pacific will lose a limb. Yeah. And we want to save as many Toes as, as possible. We should get her on, Hunty, and talk about that. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she'd be she'd be happy to, and uh, probably get someone from Fiji to join in because um, the ten thousand toes campaign just received nearly forty thousand US dollars from World Health Organization nice. for being the best intervention health program in the Pacific. Good stuff. Well, actually, talking about ten thousand toes, you also oversee another great organization called Adra. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Which is a a disaster? What is a development disaster relief agency that's often the doesn't make a lot of noise, doesn't get a lot of attention, but often the first into uh, even bushfires and floods in Australia. One of the biggest in the world, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and got a huge presence now in the Ukraine um, and in the countries around there supporting the war, but um, also yeah, doing a lot in the Pacific. Yeah. Um, and again, like in in place like Samoa, it's recognised as probably the premier um, aid organisation. Okay. Um, um, look, a, a, a few more questions. What, what's the actual name of the South Pacific area that you lead? So it's called the South Pacific Division. Okay. Of and, State Adventists. and some other divisions, just so we can get a sense of how that works. Yeah. Yeah. So. So there's uh, three divisions in America. There's North America, Middle America, Inter-America, and South America. Um, there's three in Europe, uh, Trans-European, Inter-European, and then Euro-Asia, which is, you know, the Russia. Yep. Uh, there's three in Africa, West Africa, East, 
Central Africa and Southern Indian Ocean Africa. Uh, there's three in Asia, um, China, Northern Asia, and then Southern Asia Pacific. Do you get to uh, know the leaders of these? Yeah, I do. I do, and um, that, that's part of the joy of the job, you know, to, yeah, to get to know Asian, African, European, American. Yeah, it's great. That, that Russian one you talked about, does that include Ukraine? Yeah, look, it used to, uh, but because of the current situation, um, Ukraine has, um, is now reporting directly to the General Conference, which has its headquarters in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, until this all settles down. Um, that's it. How many Adventists are there worldwide? Oh, there's between 21 and 22 million. How many Adventists do you reckon? Oh, when I say that. Okay, twenty. say there's 22 million. How many people go to church, do you know, in an Adventist church? Do I have any idea how many? Because there's 22 million members, but how many would go to a church on a Sabbath, a Saturday, every weekend? Yeah, look, uh, on, on average, we would have about that many people in worship because we only count baptised members and they're all got to be adults or, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, from about the age of 10. And so when when you think about families taking their children and a whole lot of little children and then there's a whole lot of new people who, yep. who are interested and who have not been committed to baptism yet. Um, so, yeah, it's about, it's about that. It's um, a lot of as, people, isn't it? It is. Is, is the Adventist Church growing growing around the world? Yeah, this last um, year it grew by about a million. Wow. What about our division here in the South Pacific? Yes, uh, we, we grew by over, um, uh, I think it was about 60,000. We even do okay in Australia considering, is that, is that a fair comment or? Yeah. Yeah, because we're not we we work in a fairly difficult environment. We're a secular country, so it's compared to other denominations and churches within Australia, we're one of the few that is actually growing. Yeah, um, albeit slowly. Um, whereas in places like Papua New Guinea, the growth is uh, quite rapid. Just thinking about that, so you, you have a couple of universities, is that right? In the South mm-hmm. Pacific as well. What we've got one in New Guinea and. Yeah, one in Port Moresby, uh, Pacific Adventist University, um, and it's got uh, over twelve hundred um, students. And the the governments uh, would like us to grow that to up to three thousand because of wow. the need of the tertiary and and maybe beyond. But yeah, yeah we've got a we've we've got to uh, we've got a plan. Yeah, uh, it'll take us a few years to to grow it. And there's another one down here in Australia. Yeah, Avondale University. Uh, it's the first um, private and Protestant um, backed uh, university um, in the in the country, and had a long heritage. Been around for one hundred and nineteen, twenty years, I think it is. And for what it's worth, for a plug, hunty, yes, gives excellent education. In yeah, world of, class. Yeah, in a number of disciplines. I believe in Australia, the nursing quality of our nursing graduates is the top. It's, that is correct. Hmm, and uh, teaching is pretty good as well. Yep, um, they get really good reviews, and uh, we think yeah, the theology is pretty good too, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we've got to we've got to have people who are ready to lead 
lead uh, the spiritual side of things. Actually, my daughter graduated a few years ago from Avondale as a nurse, talking about the nursing, and she went up to get a job in Taree, and they weren't that interested in her. And she's walking out, and they said, by the way, where did you study? And she said, Avondale University through Sydney Adventist Hospital, and they turned around and gave her a job, and it was all on yep. It was all on the um, reputation of Avondale University and their nursing course. So... And, and she's just kept going bang, bang. Yep. Know, that, that's a story we hear quite a lot. Yeah, it is. It's a fair, it's a fantastic college. It's not just open to Adventist kids. In fact, the pastor, the Anglican pastor of the church we rent. Correct. Daughter just recently graduated from, from Edmonton University yep. nursing. From nursing, yep. Fantastic. Yeah, so it is open. So it's a great college. Um, mm. look, we'll keep moving through these questions. Is the Seventh-day Adventist Church, is it a worldwide church and are we tied together doctrinally or are there quite a lot of differences? You know, look, we've got what we call uh, 28 fundamental beliefs that we uh, agree on. We say that our bi- the Bible is our only creed um, and the basis of all our belief and practice, but then we just explain some of the things that are important to us in 20, 28 points. Mm. And, yeah, look, that's agreed to um, around the world. Do we so have a... truly an international church. Final question. Um, do you have confidence and great hope for the Adventist church in the future? Oh, look, absolutely, because, um, number one, you, you actually do see God leading um, and the fact that we are growing, that we keep our purpose before um, each other and that we hold each other accountable to that purpose and for God, you know, working in our, in our midst, there's always good hope. And as I look around, we are, we've got a lot of talented mm. um, and spirit-filled people in leadership and in, you know, elsewhere. And so... Yeah, I have a lot of confidence and a lot of hope. And as a, even when I move around here, yeah. um, Australia, New Zealand, the Pacific, there's a lot of great people that I meet yeah. um, who are doing really good things. And um, they're a part of the church, they're part of their society, and they're making a difference. Well, thank you for spending some time with us today on Faith FM and the Aussie Pastor. Well, God bless you. You've got a big job. Uh, we love you, mate. Yep. And we appreciate you coming on yeah, here. Thanks for joining us. We'll uh, we'll see you again soon. Hey, thanks, Lloyd. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, thanks mate. See ya. Blessings to you and uh, everyone listening. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Some sense he's the boss, Hunty. Yep, he's a big boss. Yeah, yep. of, of the Australian New Zealand Pacific Church. Yep, yep. yep. And Tahiti to Tasmania, he's the boss. What was that? From Tahiti to Tasmania, he's the boss. Well, from Tahiti to Perth. That's right. further away than Tassie. Fine. <laughs> Were you leaving the West Australian? Didn't you like my alliteration? <laughs> <laughs> was that word too big for you? <laughs> alliteration, what's that mean? Uh, Tahiti and Tasmania best start with the letter T. Ah, yeah, I learnt something. Woo! Yeah. I know you're very good at English, actually. Yeah, that's your, one of your strengths. Um, Hunty actually is one of the brightest tech guys, I think. No, let me say this again. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a big pat on the back. Oh, come on. He's actually. Listeners won't, well, listeners won't believe it anyway. He's, he's actually the brightest tech 
dude I ever met. <laughs> yeah. He works on a shoestring budget here at the Aussie Pass. There's a budget? Where is this shoestring budget I hear about? You spend it all. <laughs> <laughs> all the money goes to you. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, uh, it's interesting to see where the church is at and what's going on at the moment. Mm. Um, we he's, are. He's a good bloke. We are really only a little church. Yep. But we pack a big punch. This song, I can never praise him enough uh, from Greater Vision. Possibly one of my favourite songs of all time. I listen to this song, Haven't Killed It. Over and over. I just love it. It's a beautiful song talking about praising Jesus. And the truth is, we can never really praise him enough. I can never praise him enough For the cross of Calvary I can never thank him enough For salvation full and free I can never do anything To deserve such perfect love I've served the Lord the best that I know how Giving unto Him my time Telling of His power But if I were to spend unending hours on my knees Praising Him for everything He's ever done for me I could never praise Him enough salvation full and free I can never do anything to deserve such perfect love or for everything he's done I can never praise him enough a thousand tongues could never tell just what our Lord has done as if he hadn't done enough, he sent his only son to hang upon a rugged cross and bear the load of sin. That explains why I can't express the love I have for him. I could never praise him enough for the cross of Calvary. I could never thank salvation full and free I could never do anything to deserve such perfect 
What a great song. Welcome back, listeners. Greater Vision. That's Greater Vision, that yes. I can never praise him enough. I absolutely love that song. Yeah, I do too. So it's exciting, Pastor Lloyd. It's time for Ask the Aussie Pastor. And we've got a very special guest with us. Let's see if we can get hold of Pastor Wayne. Are you there, mate? I'll just hit the unmute button. Oh, right, look at we're, that. We're good to go. Look at that. Actually, I'm, I'm watching him on... Um on Zoom. Zoom there. He's yep. got a pretty fancy microphone. He's is got that, a very that, nice microphone. Is that a better one than ours? Possibly. But he's got he's got more than a shoestring for a budget. Actually, I don't, I don't <laughs> think he gets much, much more. <laughs> he's got a shoestring with an aglet on the end of it. <laughs> Do you know what an aglet is, Lloyd? No. An aglet is that little plastic bit on the end of your shoestring. Okay. Keep All right. Going. No, no let's, get back to, hey. let's get back to Ask the Aussie Pastor. You, you're on the, you are definitely on the comeback after that. Well, I'm, I'm after trying to get the smoke in the history segments <laughs> earlier this, early this afternoon. We might be able to start a new section called Ask Hunty. Right, with that sort of information going out there, Hunty. Yeah, he, hey. he actually is full of all that sort of little incidental information. That and dad jokes. When you're travelling with him in the car, you've got to, you got to listen to hours and hours of those sorts of, <laughs> you know, of that sort of information, and hours and hours of technical stories. Do you love telling technical stories? I think I do. Do I like listening to them? He tunes out in about a third of a second. But you know what? He keeps <laughs> telling me, mate. He doesn't stop. Can't stop. No, let's go. Hey, let's move on. Let's uh, ask the Aussie pastor segment. There's some great questions today. First so it's, one. Let's ask Pastor Wayne too. Well, yeah, we're going to grill both of your pastors this afternoon. Let, let's let's start. Let, let let's let's put Wayne on the floor first up. Oh, well, I don't have the hardest question. Oh, okay. First Fire up. Away anyway. Here we That's go. Here we go. So this one's from Mark, and he was listening last week, and he would like to know. Because once someone on the program said there's no hell, please explain. That's a really hard question. Oh, it's a great question because the Bible says there's hell. Well, does it? Does it? Where? Kind of says you're burning in sulphur and fire forever. Does it? Does it? Let's go ask Wayne. Pastor Wayne. I actually, I've been speaking with Mark offline. Um, on this one. Ah, so he's a he's a viewer of yours too, is he? No, he was a listener. He emailed us in. Um, and Listen, what, was, to, to, to this program or another to one? This, yeah, no, to oh, this okay. program. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was actually talking about this one. So one of the, the issues we've got with this particular question is that if hell, and, and one of the perceptions of, of hell or modern-day teachings of hell is that it, it is an everlasting... Um, a fire that continues to burn and burn and burn. And so the question that comes out of that, would an, a, a loving God put his created beings through an everlasting fire? Mm. Um, and, and so the question for that, and, and it's, there's two, I guess, answers to this one. One is, for me, no. And then secondly, if hell is a place that continues to burn for eternity, then sin hasn't actually been Eliminated. dealt with. Mm. Uh, terminated. It, it, it continues to exist. Um, and so, you know, when we get to the book of, of Revelation uh, 20, 21, 22, we see this new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven and, and God sets about doing a uh, recreating and setting all things new. Um, you know, the old things have passed, all things have been made new. So we see, you know, a regeneration where sin has been done and dusted. Actually, it's a very challenging subject, this one. The eternal hell, especially for Adventists, we don't believe it. We've never believed it because the Bible doesn't uh, have a it doesn't have a narrative that supports that anywhere. Correct. 
that now there are some stories and there are some I guess you could say there's some areas you could go to to try and get a little bit but you, you know what I found Wayne is the be- one of the best things to do with this one and I do this because I do Bible studies with people like you get under the desk I got one tonight actually where I just uh, sit and talk to people about the Bible you know what I, what I give them to watch Wayne have you ever seen that movie Hell and Mr Fudge or is it Mr Fudge I, I have seen that one yeah Hell and Mr Fudge made in 2012 yeah this is about a Baptist theology, theology professor in a seminary and he was given a grant to go and study hell in the Bible. So the Baptists believe in an eternal hell. He goes out and he does this study and he comes back and they make a movie out of it. And have you seen it, Wayne? I have. It's a long time ago, but I have seen it. It's a stunning movie. And it brings out the truth of what the Bible, from this, so it's not from an Adventist, from this, and and as far as I know, he was always a Baptist until the day he died. Um, But it was interesting to see the stress and the tension he came over he came under in his system as he tried to battle this idea of an eternal hell, which which actually just is not supported in Scripture. Do you want to say any more about that, Wayne? Uh, except before you do, I do. Go, go to go to go to YouTube and watch Helen Mister Fudge if you're interested in this. It's on there. It's free. Anybody can watch it, and it's worth a look. Yeah. Oh, I, if, I'm, if I'm doing a Bible study on this, I always say to people, look, the same words they use. They used on Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible, and that place is not still burning. Yeah, and that's one of the things that the New Testament writers pick up onto um, that thought as well, Hunty. Yeah, if we look through a couple of scripture, and, and Mark, if you're listening, and as well as our other listeners, um, you know, a couple of texts to to look at. Second um, Peter chapter three verses mm, ten to thirteen um, talks about God completely destroying sin and recreating Earth. So that just goes back to what we were talking about before. Um, Jude 7, there's only one chapter in, in Jude, um, talks about an eternal fire that is destroyed, um, destroys forever. It, it doesn't burn forever. So they're just a, a couple of thoughts from Scripture. Um, but again, if you want more, um, email us at info.elsleypastor.com and we can certainly get um, more um, material to you on this particular topic. Or you could text us the word hell. Yep. To zero, let, let me try it off by heart. I'm not looking at this, Hunty. Sure. Zero four eight 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 zero eight five one. Yes. Did I nail that? You nailed Did it. Did you see that, Wayne? But with zero phone rhythm, let me do it for our listeners. Okay, let me try my more. brains are bleeding. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. That'll work. Does that rhythm okay? That's all right. Oh, okay, you do it. I've got a, I've got a two friends that work. I've got the producer and the director, and the cinematographer for Hell, Mister Fudge, friends of mine, and. One of them, particularly the cinematographer, if I can barely say it, it's actually been a life's passion of his to get this movie out. He's been working on it for so long. So uh, like uh, Pastor Lloyd and Pastor Wayne, if you get a chance, go to YouTube and watch Hell and Mr Fudge. Hunty, can we, can we put that link up yes. on our webpage? That's yes. possible, isn't it, Wayne? We can put a link up. We put the link up to Hell yeah. and Mr Fudge. I really, really, really encourage you to watch that movie because it actually brings out all the challenges to the truth of what the Bible says on hell. And the reality is, I think we need to be really clear on this. There is no eternal hell. Yes, the life of the wicked will cease to exist in the end. But it is fairly definitive. It is cut off and it's, it's over. No one fries in a place 
where like, mm. like, like a chook mm. on a spit for that's eternity, right. but that's with right. life. I mean, oh man, that's just yeah. that that actual doctrine has driven more, and it's it's not a it's not it's not a Bible doctrine driven more people away from Jesus than than any other doctrine. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those things I think, Lloyd, that that really defames the, the character of God. It does yep. um, you know? Scripture talks about God. His very essence, his very being, and who he is, is love. Yeah. Um, and and the this doctrine of or teaching of unbiblical teaching of hell just really cuts across that. It's interesting how it came in to the Christian church too. It has pagan origins and roots, and that that's where it gets really challenging for people who have believed it, hmm. you know, all their lives. But but you, well, I think as human beings, we should take great comfort over the fact and the reality that the Bible does not teach or preach an eternal hell. That's right. Yeah. I mean, man, if it did, that'd be there'd be a fair bit of inspiration to get with God, wouldn't there? I actually took a phone call on this, uh, must be 12 months ago now, during lockdown, and one of the, the, the premise of what they were saying is, you know, um, I said, you know, exactly what we're teaching here in terms of, you know, hell is not an eternal place of, of torment. And, and the lady said, stop teaching that because people will stop attending church. People will stop, um, you know, um, had, I guess whatever that relationship with God might look like under that that context, but she was worried that that it was that aspect of fear that drove people to church. And I tell you what, that's just the wrong motivation. That's the yeah, wrong um, way to bring people to church. Well, the more you get to know God, the less you fear Him. Yeah, um, and and some of the early pioneers, you know, you go back through the Reformation, they really struggled with this aspect of of fearing God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Martin Luther. Yeah. Um, you know, really struggled with this. And it was only then when he, he um, gained an understanding of who God was that his whole attitude um, to God changed. You can see it in Martin Luther's life, in his writings. You can see the relief as he discovers yeah. the gospel. Yep. Anyway. Moving on. Um, I'm going to read this whole question. Normally I just suck the question out of the email, but I'm going to read this whole piece to you. Hi, I've enjoyed listening to you and other presentations on Faith FM Radio since January. I've also started watching the Aussie Pastor YouTube sermons. Thank you. I'm hoping you can help me to understand the verse, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Does that mean we go to heaven when we die, before the resurrection of the dead in Christ? God bless and thank you. It's Jenny from Nambour in Queensland. Hey, Jenny from Nambour in Queensland. What a great place. What a great question. I used to live up there. Really? Not Nambour, but Palmview near there. Yep. Should have never shifted. <laughs> I, was, I was already half a step away from heaven up there, Wayne. <laughs> I come down here to live in Sydney. I don't mind Sydney, but for a Queensland boy. Um, you want to have a go at that or you want me to have a go at that? You have a crack at that one, mate? Uh, I think Paul's just simply talking about the fact that of the resurrection. Yeah. That it's better to be with the Lord. when You won't be in this physical human body down here it's true that when we go to uh if you read first corinthians fifteen fifty one to 54 or first thessalonians 4 16 and 18 when jesus returns we do get new bodies yep so we don't have these old bodies if you're resurrected you've got a new body i mean hunty you and i are, are stark examples of why you'd want a new body yeah, i'll take a new body thanks i mean um wayne's doing okay <laughs> how old are you now wayne 60 is it or is he 50 yet <laughs> oh, thank you very much you've got a few years on me mate what, what are you you're 50 aren't you 40 yeah 49, 50? No, I've cracked, I've cracked the 50 now, 52 this year. Actually, if you can see him, he's the only one of us in good shape. <laughs> but, but even you would, would feel age coming on, Wayne. Um, 
and, and I feel it. I mean, I've just been to the, I've been struggling through COVID. My lungs are still not right. My eye, my right eye's mucking up and dropping little flecks of something or other in it and blocking my vision. Your own personal fireworks show. My, yeah, my, my, my left knee's playing up. Um, it's winter. I, I'm struggling and I want resurrection or I want to be transformed into a new body. I think Paul's just saying, Hey, um, Paul had problems. We don't know exactly what they are. People think it might have been his sight. Couldn't see properly. And he used to ask the Lord to get rid of this infliction. What do you call it? A thorn in his side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so he would battle. And you got to remember, Paul went through a hard time on mm. this earth. I mean, I don't know whether you realize where he was jailed at one time in Rome. I was reading about it the other day, which is a jail that was, now he was jailed in a few places, but in this particular jail, there are holes that, it, it's, it's underground. But to get to where he was on the bottom level, you've got to go through holes that you can barely fit through to get down to that bottom level. So this guy's going through a hard time. Mm. Cause he wants to be absent from the body here on this planet. He wants to get up to heaven. He wants to, he wants to start his new life of Jesus. He is going through for want, want of a better word, hell. Hell on earth. Mm. And, and so I, I, that's how I see it when he said, what, 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 what's the question? Be absent from the body, but Ooh, present with the Lord. I got question I guess, too, you know, Coming on with that one too, uh, Lloyd, you know, you go back to verse one, for we know that if our earthly house and you know this tent. Talk about so he's drawing this 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 comparison here. Yeah, he's yeah. destroyed. We have a building from God, a That's house it. not it. made with hands, eternal heavens. So you know he's drawing this analogy, and as you say, you know, of course, um, you know, which it's easy. Which would you choose? Absolutely, you're going to be choosing to be present with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good question. That was a good but, question. But he's just saying. You know what he's really saying? He's saying exactly what we say today. Lord Jesus, come. We heard. Okay. We want out of here. That's what he's saying. Mm. All right, excellent. All right, next question. Does the Catholic Church play a role in Bible prophecy at the end of time? Wayne, what do you got there for us? i got a couple of things on this one. Um, one, I think we're very quick to draw it down to um, denominations, you know, this denomination versus that denomination, et cetera, et cetera. I think we actually need to lift it a little bit further in our, in our thinking to um, look through Scripture and there's a... Um, certainly you've got a true church and a false church that appears throughout Scripture. Um, you know, you get to which is, which is, as you just said, is beyond denominator. It's a true people. Yeah, a true people. Uh, basically, you've got two groups when Jesus comes, the church of God, which is beyond the denomination, it's his people, and then you've got everybody else. There's yeah. your true church. There's your two churches. Sorry, yeah. go on. Yeah, I'm, so I'm interrupting. You know, it's, it's those that are being faithful and those that are being you know, unfaithful or faithless. Yeah. Um, and I guess as you go through through Scripture, you know, these two women that appear in, in the book of Revelation and, 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 you know, God or the Bible really draws this analogy between uh, or the church being his bride. Um, and so when you look at in this context, uh, in the book of Revelation, you have a, a true bride that's dressed in white or you have a, a false bride that's dressed in in scarlet and purple, and and so when you go through and look at it within that context, I think for me, I'd like to look and I've got some um, some guides here, and and this is something if you want to put that, we can give you a swing of that number again, uh, Lloyd. Yep. Um, I, I, okay. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. And what word they're going to text if they want the link? Church. Church. And so and we've got some studies that will really walk you through an understanding of, of Bible prophecy when it comes to the area of, of a true church and a false church. And so 
the um, yeah, some of the characteristics. If we want to know what a false church is, I think first we've got to know what a true church is. Mm. Um, and so, you know, as we look through Scripture, we see that that true church is one that that practices the teachings of Jesus, mm. one that that listens and obeys the the voice of God, um, one that preaches the, the the message. And if we then contrast that to a, a church, because if you look at Revelation 13, Revelation 14, Revelation 17, you see that that difference between a true church and a false church. Um, and so you look at the, the false church in Revelation uh, 13, Revelation 17, and Daniel 7, um, it's one that you know, God is is blasphemed. You look at another one where the, the followers of God or Jesus are persecuted. Um you know, this, this, this church or this, um, organization speaks pompous words. And this is using the words of the prophet Daniel in, um, chapter seven, verse 25 speaks against God. It seeks to change times and laws. And so, you know, I think, you know what, you know what? It's worth doing the study. Yeah. I think that's the point. There is a lot it? in this one. Um, it, it, it is a great question. Because you know what? <clears throat> Protestantism is in these prophecies. America is in these prophecies. Catholicism is in these prophecies. Spiritualism is in these prophecies. The people of God are in these prophecies. The true church is in these prophecies. True people. I mean, there's a yeah. whole lot of things in these prophecies, isn't there? Yeah. And, and the only way to unpack it really is, is, is to, to study it from the scripture. And that's what your studies do, isn't it, Wayne? Yeah. And, and this is the thing that I like. When we look through all of this and we see all these, and I guess it, it follows on a little bit from our, our study the other week on Daniel chapter two. Yeah. Um, you know, God's people in, in Bible prophecy. One of the things that I, I love about the book of, of both Daniel and Revelation is the direction it goes because at the end of the chapters, you see a victorious people through all the oppression, through all the heartache. You, you've got, um, you know, the the 1260 days of Bible pros- prophecy, a time of of just pain and heartache and and persecution and and, and martyrs. But at the end of that prophecy, um, or at the end of that time, you see a a people that that have been redeemed, mm. a people that have come through that tribulation that God has brought through, and and that's just an amazing picture that, that we see. And so there is hope. It's not all about just um, you know being uh, dark and gloomy and, and so forth, and we're without hope. The Bible gives us incredible hope about what is to come. I think we've got one more, Hunty, and yes. we're out of time. Really? Yeah. Okay, then. Well, let's not do the question about abortion. Yeah, let's, let's do that one. <gasps> okay. In the light of the recent decision of the Supreme Court of the USA to ban abortion, what does the Bible and God say about the matter? I, I want to say something on that to start off with. Okay. As I said earlier in the show, the Supreme Court of America did not ban abortion. True. Well, they actually did. And so the question, the premise is a little bit... Yeah, true. Um, Bend. Yeah. that The Supreme Court, all they said was that abortion is a state issue. Yep. And the states can need decide to for themselves. Decide for it. Yep. Um, but the question here is, what does the Bible and God have to say about the matter? I, I, look, before Wayne has a go at that, I'll just say simply, um, God's very clear that life is sacred. Mm. And I think on this program, we're very happy to say that. And life from conception is sacred. Um, and, and so if that's the case and God knits us together in the womb, then we need to make sure that we respect that from beginning to end. Now, you could argue that for health, in a health crisis, there could be reason. Um, 
but we need to be very careful. But I do want to say this too before Wayne says something, and I'm repeating myself from earlier on, Hunty. If you've been through the experience of an abortion and you felt the sorrow and you're grieving yep, and you're not so sure you made the right decision or otherwise, we need to continue to remember that God is a God of love. He's a God yep. of forgiveness. Yep. He's a God that offers resurrection. And, and I believe when we get to heaven, there'll be many little ones brought up in the, in the kingdom of heaven where there's no pain and no death and no sorrow. Um, I, I believe many of them, millions, will be brought up there because that's the sort of God we share. And only God can bring a mum and a dad back together with their child after that sort of experience. So if you've been through it, we're not on this show to judge or condemn you. Uh, we love you. God loves you. Mm. Um, and there's always a way through. What do you want to say, Wayne? Yeah, I think you've you've summed up well uh, there, Lloyd. I think one of the, the key things we need to think of and, and just capture again is the the absolute sanctity of human life. Yeah. You know, out of all creation, God formed Adam and Eve. He didn't speak them into existence. Yeah. He actually formed them. Yeah. Um, we were created in his image. Formed them with his hands. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you think of the issues that, and I, I think we're going to have them here in Australia too. We'll have the same discussions. Um, but you think of the, the recent debates in, in the US in regards to the abortion laws and also gun laws. Um, we need to go back and, and just reflect on just how important human life actually is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that will then start shaping um, thoughts towards one another. It will shape our thoughts towards what we do in our body. You know, the Bible says that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, what does that actually mean? Yeah. And so if we can recapture that um, and respect that, mm. and, and that's, uh, I think, another issue, Lloyd, that, that we've lost. We've lost... Um, if you disagree with me and I with you, then we have a, a huge barney together. We, we, you know, troll each other, we'll, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, dignity, human dignity, respect, um, the sanctity of life are all bound up in this. And, and we've got to recapture this um, as a world. Yeah. Because if we don't, the, the future we will make so difficult for each other, for our homes, for our schools, for our work environments, for our, our countries, we will make just it, it, it nearly impossible to um, to have a happy existence, which God designed for us to have that happy existence. I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Um, and that's what we've got to recapture. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's a sensitive subject, Hunty. It is. Um, and again, it, 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 if this is an issue that's causing you pain, our prayers and our sympathy and our empathy is yep, with you. Totally. I think that's it, mate. That's it. Thank you Thank very you, Wayne. much, Wayne, for joining us. Pastor Wayne. Pastor Wayne, indeed. <laughs> it's always good having you, mate. God bless you. We'll see you next yes, mate. time. See you next time. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. See ya. See ya. All I'm going to skip a few things, eh? Yeah, no, 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 no. No, well. we continue yeah, on. But you didn't do a sting after that. Ah, hang on. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Consider yourself stung. I, I, I reckon Hunty and I are struggling with brain fog. Well, no, I was going to jump. I was going to jump down to our Bible study now. Nah, nah. No, this is a song by May Peaky. Okay, this is the second time in in a row we've featured her. She's a friend of ours, her and Sam. And this is a beautiful song. My heavenly Father watches over me. By the way, Hunty, we're going to sing this soon uh, at our church. Cool. This song. Cool. Let's hear it. Here he goes. Mm-hmm. 
trust in God wherever I may be upon the land or on the rolling sea for come what may
That's May Peaky. Mm. Um, spelled M A Y May Peaky P E K W E. And I'm saying that because if you YouTube yes. her name, you'll see her and her husband. Plenty of music there. Really, really nice music. Yeah, um, very talented. Yeah, yeah. Really nice. Hey, um, Hunty. Yes. I want to give our listeners an invitation to church. Good. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there, maybe church is not their thing. It's probably not the Aussie thing when you look at us going in Christianity from 60 to 40%. <laughs> but you know what? I've got a hard head and I'm going to keep inviting people to Good. church. Good. I, I'm at New Hope this week. Yes. And if you're in northwest Sydney, come to New Hope. Absolutely. But if you're anywhere in Australia, Google an Adventist church. It's really easy. Yep. Turn up. They bet they'll be friendly. They'll be friendly. For hey, sure. Hunty, for sure. If if you if that ever happened and they weren't, just contact me. We we'd sort that out. Yeah, we'll Hunty. send the boys around. <laughs> Who are the boys? I don't know. <laughs> the girls, whatever. We'll find someone with bad breath to go pay uh, me a visit. You, you'd get you get a fabulous uh, uh, um, worship service. In fact, what I want to do today, Hunty. Yep. Just for a minute or two. We haven't got a lot of time because I want to get a Bible study in today. What are we doing? Are we? Oh, we're doing all right, mate. We're we, all we, right. We've been tighter than this. We have. For time. Hey, you know what I'm going to do next week? I'm going to turn it on its head. Okay. I'm doing the Bible study first. Okay. I am. I'm going to do the Bible study first next week. Well, we'll do some music. You know you've said that before. Have I? Yes. Well, we're going to make sure next week we do it. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got COVID brain fog, so it's So not, do I. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, hey, you did, I didn't get a chance to say the address. For what? For our church. I'll go for it. If you'd like to come and join us this Saturday at 10 o'clock and worship with us at New Hope Seventh-day Adventist Church. We'd love to see you, and we're in the Life Anglican Church just behind the Aldi for Samuel Place, Quakers Hill. You love saying just behind the Aldi, don't you? It's a big monument on the side of the hill there. You drive past, you know where the Aldi is. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah, yeah. So what's the, what's the address? For Samuel Place, Quakers Hill, and we're in the Life Anglican Church. Hey, seriously, come. Yes. If you live in our area... Come, Come experience. And it starts at 10. Stay. Yes. And we have lunch. We do this Saturday? Yes, we Great. do. We have lunch. Stay for lunch. It's yes. excellent. It's a beautiful vegetarian lunch. Um, <clears throat> Hunty. Yes. I asked you to do something because I want to give those out there in Radio Land a re- little taste of our worship. Because it, it can be a bit different, can't it, than a lot of churches? New Hope? Yes. Can, did you put a song together? I did. I picked a song we played. We sang this in church about three weeks ago. Can we hear it? Absolutely. And because what this will do, Hunty, what this will do is it will give our listeners just a little taste of the sort of worship we have at New Hope. And if you like it, oh, we'd love to see the start. It. The start's a little bit wobbly, but here goes. You'll enjoy this.
it was that. That's New Hope in Worship, actually mixed by your wife, yes. Jackie. Yes. Our super-duper, number one, naturally talented, gifted mixer. She's very talented. She is, actually. Has she got a better ear than you? Uh, she brings mixes home all the time where I scratch my head and I think, could I have done that good? Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, that gives you a little taste of New Hope worship. And it, it, and it is good. I mean, you come into our church on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. You spend a couple of hours there with us because we have Bible study at 10. Then we get into the, the, the worship, the, the preaching. And I'm preaching this week. I don't know whether that's going to. Do you know what you're preaching about yet? I don't know whether that, yeah, I do. Cool. I don't know whether that's going to encourage people to come or not. Of course. <laughs> of course. So, but look, if, again, if you're in North, look, if you're in Sydney, if you're in Wollongong, if you're in Newcastle, even if you're in Nara, that's where I come from. <laughs> that's a fair hike. Yeah, it is a fair hike. I've done it. Come on up. Come on up. Worship with us. And if you yep. can't get done, meet the Aussie pastor. Hey, that is fine. Find another church. Yes. Have a go. And then tell us what you think. If you're at New Hope, you can tell me face to face. Yes. Otherwise, you can text us 0408888851. Oh, let me do it for our poor listeners who need to hear it with some phone rhythm. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one or info at aussiepasta dot com. I think you did it right. I don't. Isn't it zero? Oh, okay, it's zero four double eight. I said zero four zero. Yeah. That's why I repeated it. I wasn't sure what you just dropped. <laughs> Take no notice of what Lloyd's saying. Can you say that again, Hunty? <laughs> Certainly zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. Okay, and I, that's why I group it because you know four three three. You know if you've got too many numbers. You lose the groupings. Oh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Time for a Bible study. What do you reckon? How long have we got? Ten minutes. That's pretty good. Yep. That's okay. more than we've had left for a long time. Well, we've been missing our Bible studies because we've been getting into these big conversations week well, by week. Well, our whole program sometimes week. is a Bible study. Yeah, well, we're trying to talk about Jesus and everything we do, aren't That's we? That's right. Um, we were talking about the Bible last time yes. we were on. Must be one of my favourite subjects. Must be four or five weeks ago now, and we looked at the <laughs> fact um, that the Bible claims to be inspired, and it does. The Bible says all Scripture. That just yes, the whole Bible says it is inspired. Yes, yeah. You know what? For me, the Bible is. Does this make sense when I say this? The Bible is the anvil that all other claims to truth are tested by. Does that make yep, sense? That sounds that? good. In other words, if there's a claim to truth out there, I test it by the Bible to see whether it's true or not. Now, that is not the normal average Aussie way, but I'll tell you this. I've been doing this for 30 years, Hunty, and it's never let me down once. The Bible is inspired. In other words, God's behind it. You can rely on it. We also looked at who wrote the Bible. Do you remember that, Hunty? Yeah, we did. Do you remember how many people wrote the Bible? Ah, Nope. 39. Thank you. Never forget that number, 39. Do you know how many women wrote the Bible? Zero. Ah. Yeah. That surprised me. I didn't expect that. Because I was thinking of Ruth and I was thinking of the other stories, Esther. And I was thinking of the stories in the Bible that I had, I guess, assumed some women had been part of. Well, the, the women are very much a part of the Bible. Right. In fact, uh, it is God through the Bible that emancipated slaves and women and, and all the oppressed. But there is no doubt that God used men to write the scripture. I, I've often wondered why. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe it was the culture of the times. Mm. Because God's got to work through culture, doesn't he? He does. He can't let his truth 
you know, can't let culture get in the way of his truth. Look, I don't know what the answer to that is, but I do know this that every time I read it, and I read it every single day. You know where I am at the moment? Whereabouts? I'm in the book of Amos. Oh, what are you doing in there? What's this? Fabulous. This guy was a sheep herder. Yep. God came to him. He spoke. There were two kingdoms in Israel at that time. There was Judah and there was Israel. They were prosperous times like we're living in. Mm-hmm. And the message that Amos had for Israel, I mean, it comes straight down through the hallway of time and speaks straight to my heart. Nice. Because they are living in a similar, um, similar times to us, yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, I want to look at this because one of the reasons I know the Bible is true is because it makes these amazing predictions. Over the yeah, next I love few weeks, the predictions. we're going to have a look at a few of these predictions. Cool. Because they're, they're almost, you, you can't argue against them. I mean, they're there, they were made before time, uh, and they've come true. So I'm going to show you a few that were made. We know that when, when, the, when it was written and they come true. The first one's Isaiah 45, written by a prophet by the name of Isaiah, probably somewhere around 800 BC, hunty. So yep. 800 years before wow. Christ. Isaiah, my favourite Old Testament prophet. I mean, this guy goes with Paul. Of course, Jesus is number one. Yep. But for me, this is me, I think Isaiah and Paul are at the very wow. top. I mean, Isaiah 1, I'm coming back to Jesus. Or if I fall over and do something wrong, and I read Isaiah 1, I think it's 18, where Isaiah, under inspiration from God, says, uh, uh, um, come now, let us reason together, verse 18. Though your sins be as scarlet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know all about that. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to have sins that are, you know, red as scarlet. Yep. Because though they be red as scarlet, Jesus said, come now, let me reason with you. I'll make them white as snow. And, and right the way through the book of Isaiah, you've got these incredible promises for people who, like me, have wandered far from mm-hmm. God at times. Mm-hmm. And he, he brings it. It's just beautiful. But he has some prophecies, and this is one. I want you to read, mate, verses 1. Through to three, and then I'll... Um, I'll Isaiah 45? Yeah, Isaiah yep. 45, okay. then I'll tell you what's going on here. This is what the Lord says to Cyrus, his anointed, whose right hand he will empower. Before him, mighty kings will be paralysed with fear. Their fortress gates will be opened, never to shut again. Keep going. This is what the Lord says. I will go before you, Cyrus, and level the mountains. I will smash down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron, and I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches. I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. Okay, 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 okay. Might not seem a big deal, but I want to remind you something. Sounded pretty big to me. <laughs> Isaiah wrote, lived somewhere around 800 BC. Yep. Cyrus lived... Around 538 BC. So 250 plus years? 250 years before Cyrus existed, God comes to Isaiah. And he's saying here there's going to be a king. His name is going to be Cyrus. He says, I have called him by name. And he's going to be a great conqueror. Yep. Now, if you go to Iran today, not Iraq, Iran. Yep. You can see the tomb of Cyrus, where he's buried. Cyrus was one of the greatest kings in antiquity, in in, in old ages. Um, unbelievable king. Daniel and Cyrus actually knew each other. Daniel the prophet. That's, that's another story. But here you got two hundred and seventy odd years before he comes to the earth. God is naming Cyrus and telling Cyrus what he will do. And I think that's pretty much unbelievable. Mm-hmm. 
And in the Bible, there's prophecy after prophecy after prophecy like that, where God will say something is coming in the future, and it happens. And do you know why that is, Hunty? No. Nope. Because God walked through time. Right. God is not bound by time. God knows the past. God knows the present. God knows the future. He knows exactly how time will unfold. And so God can make these predictions mm. of the future. Yep. You know they're going to come true. Yep. Here's another one. Isaiah again. See, I like Isaiah. Yep. Only two verses, mate. Yep. Verse 19 and verse 20. Isaiah 13. Yep. Remember, this is written 800 BC. Okay. All right. When Babylon was still growing into a world force, Isaiah, a Bible prophet, was shown uh, by God. uh, 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 I'm I'm after after the verse. (laughs) Where where are you going, mate? (laughs) Hunty's. Hunty's, A bit of brain fog here. He's taken a right turn and headed (laughs) off down the. (laughs) Sorry. All right. Isaiah 13, verse 19. Hey, we do have this thing between us, don't we? What do we call it? The (laughs) Tower of Babel. (laughs) In other words, we don't always hear each other. (laughs) All right. Verse 19. Babylon. The most glorious of kingdoms, the flower of the Chaldean pride, will be devastated like Sodom and Gomorrah when God destroyed them. Babylon will never be inhabited again. It will remain empty for generation after generation. Nomads will refuse to camp there. So here you got Babylon. Now this is written in 800 BC. This is written by Isaiah as Babylon is on the rise. You got this? Yep. Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar 200 years later or, or less becomes one of the greatest superpower kingdoms the world had ever seen. If we went back there, Hunty, yep. today, yep. even though we've travelled the world, we would walk into Babylon and we would go, wow. Okay. I mean, there are walls that you could race three chariots side by side. Yes, that's, that's, that's how that's thick how the thick walls are. Yes. I mean, the beautiful Euphrates River Runs flows right through straight it. through the middle of it. Yep. Um, it is the most... Um, it was the most unbelievable city. And just as it's beginning to grow into its power, Isaiah, because God showed him, made this incredible prediction that not only would Babylon be defeated, mm-hmm. but it would be literally annihilated, mm-hmm. so it would just become ruins. Yep. And he said, no one will ever live in it again. After it becomes ruins, no mm. one will ever. So if you go to Babylon today, which is not so far from Baghdad and in Iraq, and I want to do it. Have you have you been to Iraq? No. Wow. That's a country you've never been to. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go to Iraq today, you can go to the ancient city of Babylon. It'll be great for us to go there and do this story hunting. Sure. And guess what it is? It's still desolate. It's ruins. But I think that was just a big argument the other day. Some people were refusing to go work there and build there. Yeah. People won't live there. Mm. I, look, I couldn't tell you why, and I'd like to find out why. But they won't work there. Uh, they won't build there, mm. and it's been ruins for many things. As the prophet Isaiah said. Just as the prophet said, and it'll never be rebuilt again. So there you've got two prophecies, Hunty. Yes. One where 200-plus years before the guy turns up, God identifies him and names him. Yep. Unbelievable. And says what he'll do. So he identifies him, he names him, and he says what he'll do. That's Cyrus. And then you've got a prophecy of this incredible city. Man, it's like a prophet walking down the main street of New York and saying, New York, yeah. you're not going to be here in a 100 years. People will laugh at you. Correct. But the, who knows where New York, if Jesus doesn't come, would be in a 100 years, the way our world is either. True. But, but the fact is that, that the Bible, 
makes hundreds of predictions. And we're going to look at some of more of these predictions over the next few weeks. And you know where 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 it reaches its climax? These predictions when it, when you look at the predictions of Jesus. Yes. Well, the Bible predicts who Jesus is, when he would come, what he would do, how he would do it. it, it it's just amazing. It's it's kind of put the hair on the back of your neck up. Wow. And so it really is good stuff. The Bible is reliable. Is true. It was inspired. Yes. It is true. You can listen you to can it. Count on and that the prophecies are there it. so you can test it. Mm. Okay, Hunty. All right, last we're, song. We're, we're, yeah, it is the last song, and then the end of the... I'm going to let you introduce this song, because, again, these are your guys. Uh, yeah, my, one of my favourite Christian groups on the planet, they're called the Heritage Singers, and this song is entitled Praise the Lord.
wonderful. Yeah, you, you spent a fair bit of time with the Heritage Singers, haven't you? I was very blessed. Yeah, mm. yeah. They're an American. For those of you who don't know, they're an American group, an Adventist they got group. A couple of Aussies in the group too. Uh, have they? Mark and Shaney Judd. Well, uh, Shaney Judd Deal. Uh, are they genuine Aussies or brought genuine up? Genuine Aussies born here in Sydney. Warren's, uh, Warren's kids. Yeah, but did they end up in America pretty quick? Nope, they're teens and they went across. Oh, okay, okay. Mm. Well, they're Aussies. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, look, if you've been, if you joined us today, I want to thank you. Yes, thank you, listeners. And I want to remind you that if you are interested in Bible prophecy, and we talked about Bible prophecy in a couple of places today. Yep. We have an online Bible study. Should I call it a course or is that, I hope that doesn't put you off. We've got an online study Bible aid. study that'll drive you into your Bible. Yes. And you can get to see some of these prophecies for yourself. Yeah. And if you don't have a Bible, you can contact Hunty on our. Yep. You can text him. Text he'll, he'll get you one. And yep. he's he's reliable we'll too. Right? Yep. Hunty. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like a Bible, just uh, text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one, and we will send. Or you Or you one. can email us at info at Aussie yep. Pastor. And we will send you one. Dot com. Info at Aussie Aussie Pastor dot com. Yep. Um, but it's it's the same with, and I really want to encourage you. Have a go. Get into these. Bible studies and see what you think. So just text us again. The word was it prophecy, Hunty? That'll do. Prophecy. Yep. So text us and the we word will prophecy. Send you a link to a to a course, a study course that will explain the difficult texts and help you navigate your we're way not, into the not, Bible. We're not going to chase you up. Nope, we're nope. not going to harass you or anything like that. We're not going to take your name down and record it somewhere and use it. We just want you. Junk mind you forever. <laughs> no, none of that. I can give you my word. I promise you we won't do that. That's it. We just want you to have a go at getting into the Bible yourself because, Hunty, it wasn't until I got into the Bible myself that it worked for me. Yep. I can listen to preachers, I can listen to teachers, I can listen to the best preachers in the world, but in the end, I've got to be in the Bible myself, I've got to see it myself, I've got to test it myself, then I get convinced and I go. And so that's what I want to encourage your listeners to do. So text the word or email it to Hunty one yep. more time. The word prophecy to 0488 or you can email us info at aussiepastor.com. We'll send you a link to this great little Bible study that will help you get into the Bible prophecy. How long will it take you to get the link to them, Hunty? Straight away. What, within a few days? Or? Oh, a day maximum. Okay. I think it's your wife who does that. It is. That's why I can be so sure. Okay. <laughs> well, really enjoyed you joining with us today. And I we think have. before we go any further, I'll just pray to finish the program. Thank you. Dear Father in heaven, I want to thank you for being with us today. We had a good time. We had some great discussions. Yep. And we can feel and we knew you were with us and we're just so grateful for it. Bless the people watching this program and Lord, I pray that you'll touch their hearts and you'll press them to uh, get in contact with us so that they can have a look at the Bible for themselves. Thanks for hearing this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My name's Lord Grollam and I'm the Aussie Pastor. And my name's Hunty and I'm the Techie. You are. And we love you. We love you. But God loves you so much more. He loves more. you so much more. See you next See time. See you next time. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv.